Welcome to episode 22 of the Forward from 50 podcast, where we interview people over 50 who are pursuing new direction for their lives. It's an opportunity for men and women to tell their stories, their way, in their own words. I'm Greg Gerber, the founder of Forward from 50, and your host for today's show. Today I'll be speaking with a woman from Arizona who became a dealer of hope to men and especially women over 50. After working as a paralegal for more than 35 years, Andrea Austin became a competitive weightlifter and health coach to help people get back into shape both physically and mentally. She encourages women to forge relationships with younger ladies who may not benefit from having a wiser, older mentor in their lives. Those women may have already lost their mother or live a great distance away from their families. Andrea wishes somebody had been at her side when she became a hot mess as she began experiencing natural hormonal and life changes a few years ago. Consequently, she encourages older women to become advocates for others who feel powerless or confused about the season they're in. In fact, Andrea considers herself to be a general in what she calls the Not Old Army, a strong and powerful group of experienced seasoned citizens who are on a mission to make their lives count. She cringes when people suggest men and women are over the hill at age 50. That's precisely the age when their souls should catch on fire now that they have less family responsibilities and more time to devote to things they're passionate about. When she was younger, Andrea was given a lot of career and life advice from people who never bothered to ask her what she was passionate about doing. Being over 50 is when people can finally do things they put on the back burner decades ago to cultivate a marriage and raise a family. To tell us her story and why being over 50 is an ideal time to pursue long-lost passions, please welcome Andrea Austin to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Andrea. I really appreciate the time. You describe yourself as a dealer of hope. Tell me, what kind of hope are you giving to people? My passion, as I've shared with you, Greg, is for women over 50. I think that we are becoming a component of society that is making more noise, not in a negative way, but in a positive way about, about what we need now that we've raised our kids. We've had a 25, 35, 40-year career. You get to be my age, you're 60, and you've had a career, you've had a pursuit, it made you money, but you're looking around and you're like, what now? And our kids are grown, our husbands are still maybe having a career, or they've retired, maybe we're taking care of aging parents or we've lost parents. We're at a very unique place in our life. And as I shared with you, it's compounded by the inevitable hormone changes and body changes that come with starting at 40, 45. And I think for most women, the overwhelming emotion is helplessness and not like despair, like wringing our hands that it's now what? And we don't see what the future looks like. We don't see something different. And there is something different. There is different and it's available. And we don't have to be done at 50. We don't have to be done at 60. There are women who start powerlifting at 70. I know a gal who started powerlifting at 80. And when you deal in hope, you're dealing in the possibility that if you want to do something, you can learn. You can be trained. You could take your life a new direction. And I think there's hope in that. It's we're not done. We're not old. We're not done. We're not finished. Life isn't over. 
So let's get busy living. That's a very good point. I think it's got to be different for women than it is for guys like me, because we don't have that same kind of hormonal fluctuation that takes place. And I can imagine what that would be like, but I have no real idea. It's, I think we women at 60, so many of my closest friends, like I have the privilege to be a Naomi to a beautiful, beautiful Ruth woman in my life. I was getting ready as we speak, maybe having her second child and her mother is gone and her mother-in-law is gone. They both passed away from breast cancer. And she is, she allows me in her life as a Naomi to her Ruth. And I, I've been where she is. I had my kids and went through the phases and the growing. And now I'm here on this other side and I have other women younger than I am. And then I have women older than I am. And I think the benefit is we are being able to say, look, this is probably going to happen in your life, unless it's a medical menopause. This is going to come to pass in your life. There's more information out there. There's more knowledge. But women like myself who were caught off guard and then all of a sudden we're just in this pile of rubble, for lack of a better word. There's this pile of rubble where physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, professionally, I was, I was lost. I was just, I was a mess, a hot mess. <laughs> we like that word, hot mess. And, and it is, it is like you look around and go, okay, who stole my hair? Who stole my eyebrows and eyelashes? And why did I wake up with a mustache? <laughs> and then you're hot and you're cold and you're hot and you're cold and you're moody and you're swollen and you're weepy and you're a wreck. You're just a wreck. And nobody warned you. We warned you and it was nobody warned you. And the doctors now they're definitely better. Yeah, it is. It is. And my poor husband and my sons, God love them. I was blessed with the best husband and sons on the planet because they never knew what they were getting. They never knew from one moment to the next. And they rode out that storm with me and God love them because they were such troopers. But I look at what it cost them and it's, no, we got to do something different. And yeah, nobody warned you. And now women like myself, I have younger women, I have older women. We've just become this army of advocates for not girl power, but being women who are not powerless in these circumstances. Does that make sense? Yes. I love how you described yourself as being a, the general of the not old army. I wish I do a lot of business and personal development and. I, as a power lifter, I was sharing with my son last night, there's a ferocity that comes in that sport. There's a warrior kind of attitude. And you really can't be, you have to be fierce. It's a really different environment. Strike sports are very different. And I am the sometimes fearless leader of that group. But I think I'm passionate about raising up an army of not old women and men who, whether it's being fierce in their pursuit of what sets their soul on fire or fierce in their pursuit of a health and, healthy and fit body, 
fierce in their pursuit of a passionate relationship with their significant other, that we are, that we're an army of people who say, I'm not old, I'm not done, and I'm not giving up because I got to this birthday. I'm not over the hill. That, that is one of the things like I, I will never, I don't buy those cards. I don't buy those cake decorations. When somebody says, I actually had a gal get very upset at me because I told her at 37, she wasn't old. She was just getting started. My oldest son is 38. Hmm? She's like, I'm old and I have wrinkles. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, drink more water and you're not old. And she actually unfriended me. Really? Oh my goodness. She did. And I was like, oh, okay, if it's true. If, and I'm hoping she'll come back to me and go, you're right. I'm not old. What can I do with it? <laughs> but yeah, the, the not old army really does need to rise up because we're not done. We've got stuff to do. And especially if we had something, I think a lot of us, you and I are similar in age. When we were younger, we had guidance counselors. And they were very well-intentioned people who directed us into do this. And their hearts were in the right place. They were trying to give guidance. But mm -hmm. they never asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Exactly. What do you like to do? What are you passionate about? What, are, what do you enjoy? Is there a sport in PE that you like? Is there a craft that you like? And these questions weren't asked when they were talking about vocation and whether we should go to school or vocation or, and they were very well intentioned. They didn't have the tools that we do. So my, my hope as a leader of the not old army, we're all equipped with different gifts and different passions. And especially for women, we put our gifts and our passions and our pursuits on a back burner because we have to provide for our family. We're raising our kids. We're when you're young and starting a family and you're still cultivating a marriage, all those things. And they take time and effort and energy. We just talked to a beautiful young gal the other day, young enough to be my granddaughter. She said, I have no time for me. I said, we need to fix that. She's 22. And she says, I have no time for me. I'm like, we need to carve that time out because if this is her pace, she's going to get to 40 and she's going to be sick. Or worse. And we don't want that. But that's what we women did. We, and we get to 50 and go, wow, this is not what I thought this was. You're right about the guidance counselors. A lot of times they push people away from what they're passionate about into more practical things. And so they tell us to tamp down our passions and our desires to pursue these other matters that will make us money or Exactly. What society expects from us. And so we do it out of obedience or because we're told that we're convinced that it is practical, but something right. dies inside of us a little bit. And I agree. Now at this age, we can rekindle that passion and do it because we don't have to exactly. worry about it anymore. And I think when this is when we give grace, because we live under grace and we extend grace and we look at people. And their hearts. And I, I remember my guidance counselor in high school. He was a very nice man. He was a lovely human being. And I know he had a heart for the students that he served. He was a very kind and gentle man. And I really look at him as one of the kinder people in my growing up. Somebody who didn't just tolerate the students, but he did listen. 
But I think their charge at the time was much different than what we would understand a guidance. Like I view myself as a guidance counselor and it's asking more questions than it is giving more direction. Asking those questions that evoke the response when somebody says, Andrea, I'd love to exercise, but my knees hurt. Okay, let's get you on a bike or let's get you in the water. You're not limited because your knees are hurting. And if we get you doing something, then maybe your knees will stop hurting. Guidance counselors then only had a certain set of tools and you touched on it. Right. If we were musically inclined or theatrically inclined, they didn't, they didn't push people to theater major unless they wanted to teach theater at mm-hmm. high school or university level. And those were few and far between. We had a theater teacher, but she was also, I think she also did other things. Like maybe she taught history. But it was, that won't make you any money. Just go be a doctor, go be a lawyer. In my case, go, my dad wanted me to be an attorney. And the attitude was there, but Hawk was like, I got done after 35 years of working with attorneys and said, I really don't, I never really wanted to do this. And I got to be done. And it was pretty unceremonious and it was pretty distinct because, and you and I have heard this from our sleep pastor, Carlisle, people were telling us what we should do. You should do this. Greg, because you're talented in this area. You should do this, Andrea, because you're gifted in this area. I, I've been a vocalist since I was three years old. I started studying music at six and studied music until I was probably 24, 25 years old. Sang in every choir, small group I could get in, took vocal lessons on and on and on. And nobody advocated for me to go that direction. And yeah. And so you're right. We get to this point, we go, maybe I will. Yeah. But maybe I will. And and then again, maybe I won't. Maybe that, maybe that ship has sailed. And maybe all of my life experiences have cultivated something else for me. And for me, it was the reminder that I really enjoy being physically active and I could make a living teaching activity and exercise and training others to be strong, teaching them right where they are, taking them from where they are and trying to get them to a better place. And you talk about being a hope dealer. Oh, when somebody comes back to you and says, and I just had one of my nutrition clients post up in 21 days, she's down 19 pounds. These are simple changes. These are not big changes. And you just say, it's just good. And I don't know about what you did in your before you retired, but uh, very rarely was there cause for that kind of celebration. When you were working, when you work, you were an attorney? No, I was a paralegal. Paralegal. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But still the same kind of thing. You're working around attorneys and there's always controversy and that's what the back and forth is with the legal profession. You're advocating for your clients and somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. And it's just, it's. It can suck the energy out of you, I would imagine. So how, yes, exactly. How, how did you get into powerlifting then? My beautiful son, Tanner, told me I could. Okay. So my sweet boy, my son's more genetically like my dad. So when he was younger, very long and lanky. And my youngest, even though genetically his biological father, very burly people, you know, sturdy, burly people. And, but he was tiny. And he got married and he and his wife had moved to Oregon 
to establish residency. He thought he was going to go to school there. And I'm not sure how, but he found himself in a strongman gym in Oregon with one of the leaders in strength sports. His name is Chris Duffin. And Tanner was actually training with Chris in the same gym and got to know him. Really neat man. And so Tanner came back to Arizona and they didn't, strongman wasn't the sport then that it is now. Strongman has just exploded and it's an amazing sport. It's really just pick up heavy things and move them. And it's so cool because it's their feats of strength and it's a really cool sport. And, but they didn't have, they only had one strongman gym. So Tanner got into powerlifting, competed in his first meet, took home some hardware. I was blown away because my kid had gone to Oregon weighing a whopping, went like almost six foot tall, weighing a whopping 140 pounds, <laughs> just lanky, skinny, barely 21 year old and came home, not a lanky, not a skinny, buff, strong, energetic. A husband had helped them move back. And he said, I want you to know that Tanner's different. Yeah, I watched my son and it was just amazing. Never, I vaguely knew about powerlifting because my coach, the young man who is my coach, was competing in powerlifting. And, and I was just blown away. I was blown away by the transformation physically, emotionally, spiritually that my son had found in the gym. Just the whole package. It wasn't just he'd become bigger and stronger. But he had wrestled through some spiritual and emotional healing and he used the gym to do that. And what left me was a wounded bird. I know there had been some stuff in his life. What I got back was a thriving young man. And I was just so amazed at the transformation. And I was like, son, that was incredible. And he's him being his humble, beautiful self. He said, oh, mom, you could do this. And I think that was in 2017, 18, something like that. And so not long after that, there was a deal on TV. They were talking about the Senior Olympics, the Arizona Senior Olympics. And I quickly Googled the Senior Olympics. Thank you, Google. I Googled the Senior Olympics and it, it had powerlifting. And, it, and I said, I went to my husband, I said, I'm going to compete in the Senior Olympics. And this was in 2018. He said, okay, what are you going to do? Like track? I said, no, powerlifting. <laughs> and he said, honey, you don't know how to powerlift. I like that. I can learn. Uh-huh. I said, Tanner told me I could. So here we go. And so I started out on my own. I was using a Beachbody program called Body Beast. And it was just all strength training. And I was teaching. So I was teaching several classes and I was in it just. So I reached out to the young man who is my coach. We had met a couple of years before that. And I said, do you train power lifters? I said, I know that you compete. He said, yeah. Do you need a trainer? I said, yeah. And that was, I started with him in April of 2009 or early 2019 and my first meet was, oh, I started with him in September of 2019 and my first meet was February of 2020, the Arizona Senior Olympics and uh, the rest of they say it's history. So I've uh, got another meet coming up in California, April 15th, 
in California. Yeah, it just, somebody said I could. And when you hear all your life, and you can relate to this, I think most of us are 40, 50, 60, our age in our generation. When you hear all your life, you should, you can, you'll never, why would you? You know, the negativity. And all of a sudden there are people in your life and my sweet husband, you, I don't know if you know my husband, Greg, he is the anchor to my balloon <laughs> because I say something and he looks at me and he goes, okay. And he just rolls with it. He's like, all right. And he doesn't ever tell me no. He, he we talk about it. If this is what you think you want to do, go for it, babe. And he is not a power lifter. He loves the gym. We love working out together and being active together. But somebody saying you can, mm-hmm. not you should, but you can, or what, or give it a try, or let's see how it goes, or how can I help? How can I support you? How can I cheer you? What can I do to encourage you while you embark on this journey? That's right. The, the affirmation, not, oh, you'll kill yourself. If shoot your eye out, kid. Uh, <laughs> but this, the, to encourage our belief in ourselves, because again, just because we have birthdays doesn't mean we should stop dreaming. Doesn't mean we, I think we get to a point, And I think that's even more permission to say, why not? Mm-hmm. Give it a whirl. I met a gal in a powerlifting meet last September and she said, yeah, I'm going to try CrossFit next. Like, God love you. Go do it. Let me know. She wants to compete. Oh, no. I think she's going to do strongman next. I'm like, okay, let me know when you're competing. I'll cheer for you. I would would imagine it gives people a lot of confidence, not just powerlifting, but being physically fit and able to do more things. Yes. I think it does, Greg. I think, especially as we get older, one of the things we know about aging is not just the, for women, the menopausal and hormonal changes. But as we age, once we get to 40 or 45, our divine design says we don't need muscle anymore. So the inherent muscle mass that we work on having that keeps us upright and active while we're raising kids, we start to lose muscle mass. It's a natural process of aging called sarcopenia. We lose one to 2% of our body's natural muscle mass progressively. And so we see a lot of older folks like my mom is evidence of that. She was always a very active woman. She had a very active job. She was a commercial baker. So she was hefting 25 pound bags of sugar, 50 pound bags of flour. She was hefting these mixing bowls. She had biceps like a beast. And she was, she's a tiny woman. So what she has is a tiny body. Maybe she weighs 110 pounds. She's itty bitty, but she doesn't have a whole lot of muscle. She's 90. And It's okay, but the result of that is when we don't have muscle mass, we don't have core stability. We have balance issues. We've all seen older folks and they have that walker. They're not necessarily, they haven't broken anything, but they don't want to break anything. So they're leaning on the walker or they're bent over the grocery cart because they have no confidence in their stability. And I think for all of us, at a minimum, we need to focus on flexibility, stability, and mobility so that we're not falling down. That's just a, that's just a foundation. Let's just be 
foundationally. And then we have the confidence that if we slipped and we're going to fall or we're going to smack into things or whatever, we're not going to break. We might bruise. We might limp a minute, but we're not going to break something. We're not going to be on the ground. I've fallen and I can't get up. And so, yeah, the confidence there is it's, I think it's, we underestimate the need for just even that baseline of function as we age, that we still need to maintain muscle mass. Strength training for me looks different than it would for somebody who just wants to maintain stability and flexibility. But I know for me, yeah, menopause took my hair and my eyebrows and eyelashes. But what I've gained in result is I don't have any bone disease. I don't have any cardiovascular disease. I don't have any blood pressure issues. For me, it's a small trade. That's neat. When did you make the transition from being a weightlifter, bodybuilder, into a counselor helping other people, especially women, to improve their physical fitness? I think it's been a concurrent journey because I do both. I allow my own, what I'm doing in my life, what I'm learning in my life. I just turn around and share it with others, but. I got started as an instructor in 2017, dear friend of mine, one of those women who loves other women. And she knew she was going to be moving to the East Valley and she was looking for somebody who could take over a class she was teaching. And she posted up the training on Facebook, called me and another gal out and said, you guys need to take this journey. We had been taking this class with her. It was P90X. And I was like, okay. And I went and took the class and became certified in P90X, which was at the time with Beachbody Live and subsequently got some other certifications, became a certified group fitness instructor. But in 2018, I became a partner with the Beachbody company as a coach. And so it's always been a concurrent journey for me that as I learn and grow, I want to bring that to women. Because it's been life-changing for me. It's been life-changing for me to have a community of women, older and younger, just in an environment I didn't grow up in. I did not grow up with women who cheered for other women. We didn't. Women my age didn't grow up that. We, were, we grew up with women who were, if you had a swimsuit, they, they were going to buy the same swimsuit and look better in it. <laughs> and that was just kind of how it went. And again, it wasn't. Grace covers those kind of things because we, as we learn better, we do better. But we were told we had to compete with other women. In my arena, in powerlifting, what captivated me about that, what captivated me about being a fitness instructor, what captivated me about being a Beachbody coach was it took, it takes absolutely nothing away from me to build up another woman. Nothing. Mm -hmm. It takes zero from me. It takes zero. For me to look at a woman and say, wow, your hair is beautiful. That's a very good or, point. It's, and in, in my arena as a power lifter, one of my dear friends, Amber from Avalian Strength, but it is where she said, Andrea, she said it takes nothing off of our PR to load the bar for another woman. And it just, it doesn't. It takes nothing away from me to, to give love and encouragement and strength and instruction 
and guidance to another woman. And so becoming a coach, being an athlete, for me, it's all part of the same hope dealer. It's if you see me on a platform and you see me pull a lifetime PR and I'm running after one of those in April, you see me pull a lifetime PR, that may not be your road, but maybe you'll be inspired to write the book, start the ministry, do something different, find a way to live the life that you never imagined possible. I can make these changes and I can live this life. Do it. So there, for me, it's a concurrent pursuit. It's all of this is the same thing. If I'm living my life well with passion and purpose, then other women will feel like they can as well. And that's why now I'm in the process of becoming a certified personal, not for any other reason other than I think it's just the next piece of the puzzle for me. Women need women who understand, okay, I'm starting, I'm not starting out where a 20-year-old is. I'm starting out where a 50-year-old is or a 60-year-old is. And I'm starting out with achy knees or arthritis or back injuries. And so for me, it was just like the next piece of the puzzle. But there's, I will, I told my coach, he's 27 this year. I told him he had permission to tell me when I was done powerlifting. <laughs> okay. And yeah. He looked at me and he agreed. So as long as he tells me I can still lift and my people around me are still telling me I'm doing a good job and the training is going and I'm not injured, I'm going to keep being an athlete and I'm going to keep being a coach and a trainer. Absolutely. Did it require any additional training or expenses to start doing this? Yeah. There's an investment. Oh yeah. Initially, no. It Powerlifting is one of those sports where it's probably one of the more affordable sports and hobbies to get into, which one of the greatest returns for the smallest investment. You have to invest your time. Even if you don't want to hire a coach on an ongoing basis, you can, like my coach will write a program for you for 75 or $100. And that's an eight to 12 week training program. He'll write you a program and you go use the program and then you go compete. There are meets where it's, it doesn't have to cost a lot. You can compete in unsanctioned meets. Yeah, there's an investment in in anything that's going to merit a return. There's an investment. It might be financial. It might be emotional. It might be physical. It might be spiritual. But in any good thing that is going to give us a good return, we there's an investment to become a fitness instructor, time and money, training, learning, practice to become, to get certified, time and money. These are not big investments, $100, $150. It's never thousands, it doesn't happen to me. But it also depends on what you want. I just learned the other day that, that there's a podcast platform that you can use virtually for free. So if you want to become a podcaster, there's ways to do that that, that don't require a big investment. You can just decide. So it's just, is there an investment? Did it cost some money? Yeah. Just, do I invest in myself along the way? Absolutely. But I have a different goal for my life. As a power lifter, I desire one of the things I'm helping for, it's a goal, is to become what we call a sponsored athlete, where I have somebody's name on my singlet and my socks. Somebody's paying my entry fees. I'm repping their company. 
because that means I will have achieved a skill in my sport as a master's level athlete that is noteworthy. So to become a sponsored athlete, that just covers some of the expenses. You get gear, you get swag. That's not a bad thing. But yes, training for what I do. Yes, training as a, to become a certified personal trainer. Yes, an investment in time and money. But it, it's an investment in future revenue to become a trainer. To be a hope dealer, not as big an investment. When I became a Beachbody coach, I think my investment in partnering with Beachbody was under $200. And there was a lot of bang for that buck. And it's been, it's, that's been one of the best investments I ever made in myself, personally and financially, because of the return. Personally, financially, relationally, physically, spiritually. So you have to decide, am I worth investing in? And that's another component of being a hope dealer, Greg, for me, especially raising up people who are deciding it's not old. It's your worth investing in, whether it's $20 or $2,000. If it's 20 bucks to, to go to a gym where you can be around people who are in the gym, or it's $2,000 to sit at the feet of Tony Robbins for four days and grow yourself personally and professionally. And that's a decision you have to make. But I guarantee that any investment we make in ourselves is going to pay dividends because we've been investing in so many other people, our kids, our spouses, our employers. How many of us have invested and do invest in somebody else's pursuit. Even now, and they get, or we get a benefit, but they get the return. And so, yes, training, training as a fitness instructor, training as a trainer, training as an athlete. Yes, lots of training. Do I love it? Yes. I'm a life. Is there anything you would do differently if you had to start over? Is it for study? Pardon me? Can you hear me? I can. Is okay. there, is there... um, so yeah, so that's, that's the long of it. The short of it is most things now you can Google how to do it and start pretty simple. Is there, YouTube. Any, is there anything you would do differently if you had to start over? On this part of the journey? Yes. No. Okay. No, not at all. The last 10 years of my life have been fabulous, not without sadness, not without heartache, not without trial, not without struggle. That's the human condition. Would I do anything differently? Not at all. And I can't say that about other times in my life. But the last 10 years since deciding on February 13th of 2013 that my life had to count for something. And I said, no more to 35 years of legal. I made a very single-handed decision. I was done. And my husband said, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know. But I was overweight. I was out of shape. I was unhealthy. I was sad. I was depressed. I was a mess. And I said, I don't know. But it's not this anymore. Mm -hmm. And... So for the last 10 years, what I'm going to tell you, it's not, that wasn't just a one and die. There have been multiple times along the journey. It's okay. 
we, I don't, we're done here in this, on this, in this adventure, in this small season, let's get back to what we know. So I would do, I would do, for me, I wouldn't do anything differently. I think it's been, I think it's been a ride and I'm like, we made the fifties fantastic. We're going to make the safety spectacular. That's great. Do you have any advice for people who are over the age of 50 to either help them identify or pursue their passions? Start talking to people that you trust. Don't be afraid. I have some Mordecai women in my life, and I'm so thankful for them. Women who are older than I am. And a few who are younger. Women that I trust. I'd give them a kidney if they needed one. Because I know that they want good for me. Look at in your life, somebody you trust, somebody you believe is trustworthy, somebody you believe has some wisdom, and go to them and say, I need some direction. I need to figure this out. And if you don't have that person, I love how my, my friend Jenny Allen says, Get yourself a paid friend, <laughs> also known as the therapist. If you're in a place where you're really struggling, therapy now, when we think of therapy, it's not the on the sofa kind of thing. It's somebody to have a conversation with to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. And most insurance companies will cover, to some degree, employee assistance programs will cover a heart healer. Go to your pastor and ask if your pastor offers counsel or guidance, or if your pastor can recommend somebody or somebody in your circle could recommend somebody, maybe they get you to me. I'm not a guidance counselor. I am a, I'm a guide. I'm a coach. I'm a partner on the journey. Uh, my credentials are not degree in psychology or counseling. My degree is primarily in life. I, I did study a lot. My undergrad is in psychology, but I did that mostly for me. I say I studied psychology to learn about me. But get yourself a guide and don't be afraid to ask for help. There is no shame in saying, I don't know how to do this. Can you give me some guidance? Because I think, Greg, that is for our generation. We have been taught that if you ask for help, you're weak. And that's just not the case. When we ask for help, that shows our courage. It shows strength. It shows, I don't have information, but maybe you do, or you can point me to somebody who does. That's not weakness. So get a, get a guide, get a counselor, get a partner. You want to go train? Get, hey, training buddies are the best. Working out together, working out with a friend, go for a walk with a friend. You're not alone and maybe you have different pursuits. But that would be, that's always my first wisdom. And that's what, why I do what I do. I don't have everybody's answers for everything. I have a little bit of wisdom for a lot of things and a lot of wisdom on a couple of things like fitness and nutrition, aging well, because it's my pursuit, my passion. But yeah, get, don't be afraid to ask for help. There's, there's, no, there's no shame in saying, I'm not sure I know how to do this. I'm not sure I know how to start a podcast, but I'd like to. Not sure I know how to start a blog, but I'd like to because the, the, there's a wealth of information and there are some really lovely people out there who would be absolutely honored with the privilege 
of sharing what they know and helping you or someone else. For me, it's like somebody comes to me and says, help me. I'm humbled to tears. Help me. One of my friends recently, help me. I can't do this anymore. I cried with her. My first response was to cry with her. Out of just, my heart was touched. When we reach out to those who are the hope dealers, we tell them we're doing our, we're giving ourselves a gift. We're also giving them a gift to say, you've got something to offer. And it may not all be what I have, may not all be for you or for somebody else, but it's definitely for someone. So ask for help. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help. I ask for help every day. I reach out. I constantly asking questions, learning, growing. I don't know how to do this. Can you show me how to do this? What does that mean? What does this mean? How do I do this? As I get to the next chapter of my life. Okay, I don't know how to do this. So how do I do this? Will you help me? Are four of the bravest words a human being can utter. But at the same time, it's also the greatest start. Will you help me? It's, a, it's the most amazing first step. It's like the weight comes off your shoulders. That's awesome. If people wanted to connect with you, how could they do that? Gosh, I'm all over social. You can actually Google me and find my phone number. <laughs> I'm on social at Andrea Austin, and it's Kentucky Girl in Arizona. But Andrea Austin, Kentucky Girl in Arizona. Of course, I'm on Instagram at Nana 2.0. I don't have a website. That's in process. But if you reach out to me through social media, you can message me if you say, hey, Andrea, heard you on Forward from 50. We can chat. I'll give you my phone number. We can connect by text. We can connect in person. We do Zoom calls. So yeah, Facebook and Insta are my two primary platforms. But I do a lot of in-person Zoom, personal coaching, counseling, guidance laughing, crying as well. But yeah, that's right now. My just mostly because I haven't had time. Awesome. We'll get there. We're getting there. That's this is our year too. We are a YouTube channel is in uh, process. I believe is the correct word. YouTube channel in process. And we are starting a new blog here in the next month. So March, we're hoping to be dropping definitely the new blog and the new YouTube channel, not old army. Thank you so much, Andrea. I really appreciate the time. It's absolutely been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate Andrea Austin for taking time to share her story with us today. She is on a mission to help people experience transformation in their lives. Many times we get into ruts and settle into a comfort zone, yet we desire more, maybe more experiences or more opportunities to make a difference in the world around us. Andrea herself noted that for most of our lives, those of us over 50 have heard negative things like, you should, you can't, you'll never, and why would you? Then, when someone comes into your life and tells you a different story, it can be life-changing. For that reason, Andrea has worked to change her self-talk and how she communicates with others. Like, Like she said, it costs absolutely nothing to provide encouragement to someone else. But she also encourages people to make investments in themselves to become stronger physically, emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually. An investment is required for anything that merits a return. 
Yet, done properly, that investment will pay dividends in the years ahead, not only for the person making the investment, but for the people who benefit from it as well. I enjoyed Andrea's enthusiasm when describing how she and her husband made their 50s fantastic, but they are planning to make their 60s spectacular. It used to be that asking for help was considered a sign of weakness, yet all of us need help at some point in life. Asking for help shows courage. It's also a sign of strength by seeking information from people who may have the answers you're looking for. Andrea said, can you help me, are often the four bravest words that an adult can say. People should not be afraid to ask for help because there are a lot of lovely people who would be thrilled to share what they know in order to help someone else. People can connect with Andrea Austin by looking for her on Facebook and on Instagram. The Not Old Army Health and Fitness Group is available on Facebook as well. That's all I have for this week's show. Next week, I'll be interviewing a couple, both of whom are named Chris, and who are preparing for a lifestyle of adventure as full-time RVers and work campers. I'll have that interview on the next episode of the Forward from 50 podcast. Thank you for listening.